everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem is entitled, Moving Forward. And here we go. Don't ever settle or compromise just to convince yourself by telling lies. You know what you want and you know what you deserve. Don't ever stop pursuing your dreams. Just keep on holding on to the very thing that you believe. Your price is above rubies and what is meant to be will be. Eventually, if you stay strong, you'll see the light before long. Your dreams will start to come true. Always have faith in the authentic you. Hold on to what you truly believe. Keep on moving forward. And so this, I believe, is a very befitting poem. Um, Today is known as International Women's Day. So for all the women in the land of the living, salute all of our ancestors that have gone before us. Salute. And I have the woman that is in my life, my mother, as our guest on tonight, Mrs. Betty Davis. <sighs> so my mom, I'm going to interview my mom for for tonight's episode. I'm just going to ask her a few questions and y'all get to meet my mother vocally. <laughs> Hi mom. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. And happy International Women's Day. All right, all right, all right. So tell the people about your daughter. (laughs) I declare. (laughs) She's a very spirited person. She's always been a go-getter. She don't usually let much hold her down. And she really don't let grass grow under her feet. She's lived in at least four parts of Dallas. She's usually running from Austin, but she is an Austinite. But I don't think she's going to put her roots down here in in Austin, Texas, because she is an adventurer. So, Mom, how did you feel? Thank you, Mom. How did you feel when you found out that I had a tumor in my brain the first time? Well, like I tell you the first time... um, your mother, mothers have this intuition, and you were scared about it, but for some reason, I still had peace about it. I didn't feel like it was life-threatening, but we were concerned of where it was actually located, and it was on your brain stem, so that was kind of touch and go there. But God never, I wasn't in fear of your life at all. I just didn't have that feeling. So how do you feel now that we found out that I have a tumor again? I just wish you would slow down. <laughs> like I tell you, your brain is an organ. And, you know, and we can we can put a lot of pressure on our bank brain, and you take on a lot. Just being a mother is enough, but you take on so many responsibilities, and you're dealing with a lot of stress now. 
So I just want you to kind of, you know, give your body time to really heal. And But you're not slowing down. So I can't, you can't help with who you are. And that's what keeps you going. And that's what keeps your energy up. And that's just the way you are. So how does it feel like raising a dreamer? Well, to me, you would, you would just, you wrote all the time. So, and uh, like I told you the other night, I wish we all would have followed. Um, one lady told me to be a model, and I know you aspired to be a model, and you also wanted to be uh, into the fashion design. And you have a real good taste for fashion. So that would have been pretty, that would have been a really good um, feel for you to go in. But um, right now, I'm very proud of you as being an author, two-time author. And... Um, I'm proud of the businesses that you set up, which we're working on that now, the jewelry business. And I tell you, you just won't, you you won't let time stop. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. Now, as far as like when it, because you know that this is called the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. So what were your thoughts, Mom, when I literally came to you and said that I was going to launch a podcast called Dear Future Hubby? What were you thinking? You sure? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Are you sure you ain't gonna stand? I don't think you stand still long enough to have a hubby. <laughs> you gonna have to put on some skates. <laughs> How long have you been married, Mom? Forty-three years. And what would be the the what would be some nuggets of wisdom that you would tell the single ladies when it comes to being married for forty-three years? What would you? What would be your like suggestion? How do you keep a marriage? Well, first of all, I had to learn to really depend on my husband and let him take the lead. There's a reason that God put, man, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but the situation is, is that men think differently than women. Mm -hmm. We tend to think with our heart. Mm -hmm. Man thinks with their mind. They think with their mind. And while we putting our, women are putting their heart into it, men are just, they're really, you know, they're really scaling up the situation and they they do more you know they they think about it a lot more than we do and they also think about they see the big picture but we women are very emotional and so you have to you guys gotta let the man take the lead and and make let him be a man and um you did you say why like what do you think yeah what nuggets of wisdom would you give someone that less because with me you know i'm divorced but like let's say when someone has never been married and they have a desire to be married what advice would you give them for longevity in that relationship first of all you got to know the person you definitely have to come you have to come to really know the person because when the when the when the guy is dating you Mm -hmm. he's only showing you the good part of you so what you have to do is see him in different areas of his life See, like people always say, see how they interact with the family. See the, how that person interacts with uh, their mother. That's mm-hmm. the main key, their mom. If their mom's not allowed, alive, his sister, his brother, his siblings, his cousins, and even the person that he left. I really hate when a guy leaves a woman and they've dated a woman for a while, and then all of a sudden when he leaves her, she becomes this big loser and she becomes the B word. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really hate that because, you know, where are your values? They were your woman at one time, so what do you, what do you, what does that say about you? That's true. If the person has become, all of a sudden, she's a B now. Right. So that's, the, I hate that, you know. And, you know, they really have, you just have to see them in different settings. 
and different scenes. And you have to see the real person. And like uh, Oprah and um, Maya Angela said, when a person show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Okay. And then it's, that was great, Mom. Um, as far as like when you, because you know that I've been married before. So like, how do you feel? What do you feel would be the perfect person for me? Like, whenever you think of your son-in-law, your future son-in-law, like, how do you think, what does that even look like? Well, first of all, I'm going to say this. I just I have to say this. Don't say no names. No, I'm not okay. saying a name. But first of all, I, I made up this about, probably about maybe after your divorce, mm -hmm. is that what women have to realize is that women fall in love, men trip. So, <laughs> I like that. So really what has to happen is that you have to see how he treats you and make sure he can treat you like a queen, the queen that you are and to always take your feelings into consideration. And I heard uh, one of our passages today, one of, on our broadcast, the brother says that, uh, the person, the male, the man, always ready to make decisions. They have to stop and really listen to a woman because we go on feelings. Mm -hmm. So, in order to show us attention, they really have to give us their undivided attention when we're talking, right? And let us talk. I know sometimes they don't want to hear it, but just let us get that off of our chest if it, we have to say anything. And then same difference to them. And we're not supposed to ever, um, like if your male, your your partner is telling a story or your date, he's dating and you were there at the same time with him, let him tell his story. Right. We don't have to jump in. And also about <laughs> uh, directions. Men want to prove that they, that's why they don't stop to get directions because they want to show you that they can work out their problems we don't realize why don't they just stop in your directions because they want to as a man let you know that they can handle this situation and they will get you to your destination it may be a day later but you'll get to your destination that's great mom so as far as like submission so the old-fashioned way I hear a lot of times that the that men feel like women should submit to them but then they don't feel like they should have to submit to the woman. But being married for 43 years, do you believe that it submission was only one sided or do you believe that it both parties should be submissive to each other? Well, not so much as submissive. The man should listen. You, know, you have input too. You're, you know, you're not just someone you're not just um, you're not just. I don't want to say side piece, but you know, you know. I bet not, not you know side you're piece. You're not just filling in. You know, you're not just filling in an uh -huh. empty space. You know, you're you bring something to the relationship because it takes two for the right. relationship. So it y'all you all have to work things out together. And so he needs to, my husband. What what my brother brought out. I talked to him today, Lonnie. My brother Lonnie brought out one time because I traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. and your dad let me travel a lot, and he never bothered me too much with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, make sure I had gas, make sure I had money. I would go to Dallas and just pick in the car and go. Mm -hmm. And you got that from me, too. Mm -hmm. But um, he um, he said, you know what? 
I know why you and your husband you told me this one year. I ended up in Houston. He said, where's your husband? I said, he's at home. Mm-hmm. He said, he let you come by yourself? I'm like, yes. He said, I can't. I said, why? He said, I can't do that. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to go. I got to go. My wife goes, I got to go. And I'm like, what is that about? <laughs> and then he said, you know what? And then later he said, because he and his wife ended up getting a divorce. And he said, Betty. I said, what? He said, you know why you and your, your husband, Rob, has been together so long? I said, why? He said, because he let you be you. And, you know, I had never realized that. I said, you know what? He Dad really does let does. you be you. He really does. He really does. Because every time, like, I, if I say something, he's like, you know your mama, Teresa. Yes. He and let me yeah, be he me. lets you be you. Yeah. And I've tried to learn to let him be him. And we try not to get in each other's way and step on each other's toes now. Right. Because both of y'all are retired. Now, yeah, I tell you, we're going to kill each other. Yes. Again. <laughs> but first... <laughs> First five years is hard. I tell everybody, if you just if you just been married uh-huh. two years, even uh-huh. in a relationship, right, you're gonna have some time. Okay, it, it, and your dad always told me when we got together, mm-hmm. and I thought because I I already had it laid out. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably have it laid out too. How mm-hmm. you expect your husband to work? And my husband said, "This is work. Marriage and relationship is work. Mm-hmm. It's not a fairy tale." I remember like that. I something. Yeah, he said that to me. Too. He's like, girl, you need it's to stop not, living in a fantasy yeah, world. Yeah, it's not a fairy tale. Marriage and relationships are work. So yeah. you have to work with each other, work through the problems, work it out, agree to disagree. And I don't feel like, like the Bible says, do not do not let the sun set with you in an angry state. So I remember. Don't ever go to bed angry. Why did this? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, I remember when you said, um, when I had asked you, why were you and dad still together? What did you tell me, mom? Because we love each other. So it is true that love is one of the most necessary ingredients when it comes to longevity in, in a marriage. Would yes. you agree? Yes. Forgiveness too, right? Oh, uh, I'm not real good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that E goes out? Why does that E disappear? But anyway, I can put it back in. We're not supposed to be talking okay. about that oh, on I'm this. Sorry. But anyway, um... Forgiveness is very hard for me, and I don't know why uh, saying I'm sorry is too. Mm-hmm. And like it may be hard for everybody, but I've, I've realized over the years because I think I'm right, you know, and everybody's not right all the time. So mm-hmm. I have to learn that. But uh, the way Robert and I just worked it out, we just we love each other, and like you said, love covers a multitude. And even though when we were fussing and fighting, you know. Um, and I apologize for doing that in front of, me, in front of you all, but we made it through it. And like when I go back about the uh, five year, when I first married your dad, the first five years, when August came around, mm-hmm. I was ready to throw him out of the house. <laughs> I did not want to be married anymore. Because first of all, it is too hot. Because we had so many mm-hmm. differences. Because we're pretty much the same almost. yeah y'all are born so in the we, same month yeah and we so we just we scratched against each other mm-hmm. so much and i was like it is too hot to be fussing <laughs> so mm-hmm. almost every august i already throw him out of the house mm-hmm. so we got through the first five years and then after that we didn't have as many problems but then it turned into us fighting over you all mm-hmm. because he was too strict with especially you and mark mm-hmm. and that's and then then my hen motherly hen came out because you know he you know he he was in that era where they want to whip you for everything and my mother was more lenient she did with my bottom mm-hmm. and what i hated is she never forgot <laughs> and she said she was gonna whip me oh my god 
I never got away with it. But uh, but she was she still she I even eat dessert now. First and people always ask me, I eat dessert with my food. Mm-hmm. I eat dessert before I eat. I eat it whenever I feel like it. And I said because my mother ne- never restricted me to eat first and then eat my dessert. I could eat dessert whenever I wanted whenever you to. had whenever you wanted whenever to. I felt like it so. So for those of you that are listening in and just like what me and my mom were talking about, my mom is actually she showed up to assist me with another job that I have um, and she is entering inventory. So when she asked me the question, she was inquiring about that. So I was just letting her know we can't mix the two. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's your podcast. <laughs> so if you're wondering, like, what were we talking about? We were I'm just, she's helping me with my inventory for a whole nother project. But um, <laughs> but um Another question, mom, that I have is like when it comes to because, you know, you've witnessed my highs and you've witnessed my lows in my life. Mm -hmm. And so literally Mm -hmm. I know what I can say in terms of the lessons that I've learned going through all that I've been through, failed relationships, just everything, losing the custody of my children. Like I know what I could say about that. But from your perspective, what do you think is the reason why, despite everything I've been through, why it is that I keep pressing? For a husband? No, I keep pressing. I'm not worried about no husband when it comes to well, pressing. You a podcast, <laughs> honey. But I, I'm not thinking about a husband oh. when I'm going through. Uh, because you build, you, you build, you build, how do I want to say it? Um, very re- re- resilient. resilient. And, um, I don't know. You just don't let much get you down, and you uh, you take stuff that and just keep it going. I know it's, it has a lot to do with your faith, but you take some knocks and hits that I was just say forget it. <laughs> I'm like I am so done, and I have, and I thought, and I thought I had stamina, you know, and I thought I was strong. But Teresa, you are a very, very, very strong person. Thank you, Mom. Like your strong-willed mind, you mm-hmm. are very strong. Because it it, it would have been all, a lot of stuff that you've gone through. It would have broke me. And I consider myself to be a strong person. But um, I know that you're you're a fighter. And you, you are you also um, you also want to make the, the wrongs right mm-hmm. for everybody in every aspect of life aspect of life and especially when it comes to like um, being mistreated unfair and you got that for me we have a, I have a hard time with things being unfair and you you have part of me where you face the problem head on and I've always felt you never talk about the talk about a problem of someone else mm-hmm. to someone else. Mm-hmm. You go to the source. Mm-hmm. If you want a problem solved, you go to the person that's causing it. Mm-hmm. I've always been like that, and I know you're like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we both, we won't say anything about anybody behind their back that we can't say to their face. Right. And that's just that's just the way you were raised. It's just what, what we're made out of. That's what Davises are made out of. That's what Reese's are made out of. That's what Taylors are made out of. Williams, you know, all my family members, the Shaws, that's just the stuff that we're made out of. We will face you head on, whatever the problem is. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I did that that was something that was ingrained from, you know, the legacy of, of my people before me, the people before me, because 
even sometimes I wonder, you know, how is it that it didn't break me? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, it has to be, it has to be, it has to be something way My bigger than me. Family, the oh, yeah, yeah, because there's, there's, it's, I just really feel like a lot of the things that I've endured that, you know, no human being can endure that and, and still have joy, you know, mm-hmm. and still have, you know, faith and still believe that there's going to be a brighter day um, when you're constantly getting beat up. But, um, but yeah, so I feel like, you know, part of that is because of my lineage and, and where I come from. But, um, as far as when it comes to my future hubby, let's just say that he were to be listening to the podcast and he's mm-hmm. trying to learn more about who is this Teresa girl. Um, how would you describe me to your future son-in-law? Oh my. Um, I would say, <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, let's see. You're a beautiful woman. You have a beautiful spirit. You walk in a room and you light you light it up just because of your smile. And you're always smiling no matter what. If you have to cry, you, you definitely uh, find your place and uh, that's, you know, alone. So you can, you know, you let out your tears, pray to God or whatever. But when you walk in a room, you have this presence and you're very spiritual, and uh, that's why everyone always wants you to pray because you know how to talk to God. And um, so, and you, you're just like some people say you're anointed, and it feels it definitely feels that way because this this spirit about you, and it's like God is carrying you through whatever He has to. And that's and I felt like He had you when with your brain tumor too. Now the second time when the doctor came out. And said he had to go back in, and that kind of that worried me. Mm-hmm. But they're right there, showed that God was with you because that that doctor was humble. Yeah, and he uh, said, you know, you were too tense, and he did not want to damage, you know, you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because the surgery was going to do some damage in the first place to have that removed from your brain stem. So that tumor removed from your stem. The place was very sensitive. So that was just God's hand right there, guiding his hand Mm -hmm. to not not to push it any further. He said, we'll just have to go back in again. So that was God. God had you then. Yeah, I honestly do believe that he has me covered because there's no way in this world or the next world (laughs) that I would be able to go through what I've been through and still be okay if he wasn't there. Um, But also, um, as far as like, when it comes to, cause you know, you know, you're my mom, <laughs> you're my mom. So it's like, even our relationship, like we've had the good, we've had the bad, we've had the ugly, but what do you think? Like, cause I feel like every time you and I reconcile, I feel like it's like nothing happened. So like, what do you think that is? What do you think like makes you and I keep pursuing our, you know, mother daughterhood? Like, what do you think makes that like important to both of us, you know, because everybody has their own reasons why they try to like nurture their relationships, reconcile their relationships. What do you think our reason is? It's hard sometimes because um, as a mother, you know, I tell you sometimes it can hurt you because I tell you the way it is or like it is. And I think at at times I've expected more out of you than I really should because everybody go through some hard times. And since you're so resilient, as a mother, I don't see everything. And then I get get my personal feelings mixed up in it. And then I know sometimes I've hurt you, but 
I wasn't trying to hurt you. It's just sometimes two women can't live in the same house for one thing. <laughs> that's that's just the makeup of it. Right. But also, I didn't ask you a question about you you searching for a husband. What I want him to do, and what is to love you the way you're going to love him, is because when we love, when women love, like some men do too, they always say it back too. But when we love, we really fall. We fall hard. And when you give your heart, Teresa, you really give it to someone. You give your heart, soul to the person, and you're going to do everything you can to make that person feel that they're loved too. So that's all. I just want you to get that same love in return. And like I said, for them, for him to treat you like the queen that you are and just support you and carry you like your dad has done me. And that's why I've lasted. I told him about four years ago, he was my enabler. Because I was like, the job. I don't have to keep this job, you know. I had just... somebody else say that, Mom. I had another um, person say that about her husband. She said, she was like, he lets me do whatever I, I want. Know. And I'm like, man, I think that last job I left, though, he like, this woman. Like, my goodness. Shoes. But, um, but yeah, he just, and I was like, you, you know, I realize you're my enabler because if, 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 you know, I didn't have you or you would like, you know, keep that you had a yeah. stay on your job, da, 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 you know, then I probably would have took some of that stuff. But I, I was like, you know what? I don't have to take this. So what do you think when it comes to, because you and dad have been married for 43 years. What do you we've think is together, one of the greatest, I've been together. Okay. So what do you think is the greatest when you think about dad, and I know you love dad, mm -hmm. but when you think about dad, what do you think is his one attributes. of the greatest attributes that his dad... Attributes. Um, he's going to take care of family no matter what. He's a family he's man. Take yep. take care of his family yep. no matter what. He will sacrifice. He will sacrifice. Wear his shoes down yep. to honor. Wear his shoes no down soul to whatsoever. No soul. Yep. But we're going to have, dad. Gonna, he's going to have food on that table. Yep. We're going to have a roof over our head. We're going to have clothes on our back. Yep. We're going to have cars that will run. Yes. Your dad will take care of us. He's a great provider. He's a great provider. Yeah. And we don't never have to, never have to worry about that. And that's, that's a blessing because we have to think about that. And I know uh, a long time ago, my my cousin Emma was telling. I mean, my auntie Emma was telling me because I was fussing something mm -hmm. about what your dad wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Baby, you need to be looking at what he does do yeah. instead of what he doesn't do." She said, "Because you can go out there and find you another man, but you ain't gonna find one like that." Mm -hmm. and how long y'all been together? And she said, "So you need to you need to start thinking about the things that he does do for you, and um, and uh, treasure that." And treasure him and don't try to be trying to leave so fast because there's something lacking that he's not doing. So I took notice of that. And also I was complaining because uh, as a child, my mother, we always had big homes. Mm -hmm. My mother, when she moved from Austin, she had a three bedroom, a four bedroom up here. And then when I was little, she moved to, to Maynard. She, she had a five bedroom home built. Mm -hmm. And so I'm used to being in big houses. So I when I chose that house though over here, but we could have the best neighbors though. But I was complaining one year about how small our house was. And she said, let me tell you one thing. This is, this ain't a sale, mm -hmm. ain't it? Uh, the one that's, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> stayed out there off of 183 Col Colony Park. She said that, um, let me tell you one thing. A whole lot of something, a little something that belongs to you is better than a whole lot of something else that belongs to somebody else. 
She said, y'all that's buying true. a home? I said, yes. She said, well, then that's, that's what I'm telling you. You better, you better think. But y'all didn't just like a say you better think. Yeah, y'all, <laughs> mom, y'all didn't just buy a house. Dad made sure he paid the house off. And you know what? He made sure he did. Yeah. Because even when I got a lump sum one time and I wanted to pay on it, he said, no, you keep your money. And then when he paid it off, I realized why. Yeah. Because he wanted, he wanted that himself. Yeah. He wanted to pay off the home. So he did. He paid all, he paid all the bills. And one of his workmates said, you do that? Robert told me he pay all your bills. I said, yes, he does. He does pay all your bills. <laughs> yes, he does. Mine and his. Yeah, he, he does. Dad does. And then so, what I what yeah. I love and admire about y'all because you know y'all y'all I only have a few examples of marriage. So I just have you know you and Dad, Aunt mm-hmm. Tina, and Uncle Will, and uh-huh. that's it. <laughs> that's it. And so, um, well, Dad, your grandmother and your grandma. Yeah, that's right. I have Grandma and Granddad. That's right, Both and then before them. my grandmother, I mean, my mm-hmm. grandfather passed away. I did mm-hmm. have that, mm-hmm. but as far, but I wasn't. It wasn't as immediate as I'm around you and Dad. I'm around Aunt Tina and Uncle Will. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like a different. Uh, it's a different type. But what I noticed and what I admired about you and Dad is that it doesn't matter what's going on in your world, whether it's your car breaking down, Dad'll hand you the keys like it ain't nothing. If your cell phone is dead, dad will give you his cell phone. Like, how do you think, how did y'all get to that? Did y'all ever have a discussion about trust or did y'all just, because y'all been with each other for so long, y'all just grew to trust each other? Like was, you know what I'm saying? Like, did y'all ever sit down and have an actual conversation? Like, these are my boundaries. You know, this Mm. is, y'all have never had that. What it is, Teresa, is. Sometimes women, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, I'm just thinking about how you, you, your dad and I met. I was telling somebody yesterday. Sometimes women want to be the searchers. Mm-hmm. You have to let the man search, search you out because a man knows what he wants. Hmm. Your dad watched me mm-hmm. with you and, and with you in the apartment mm-hmm. next to mine. He watched me mm-hmm. for about two and a half to three months. I told him about five or six years ago. I said, you know, back in the 70s, that was stalking. Said, this day and time, it will be stalking. But he watched me. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you this. He watched me for almost three months. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, told his friend, why, and his friend would say, why do you watch her? Mm-hmm. You know, when she come home, you watch her, whatever, and then you wave at her, and then you leave. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I couldn't see. So right. I see somebody waving, and I'm just waving. And I'm going You've been needing glasses for a long I time. Pick, <laughs> I, I pick you up. <laughs> I would pick you up uh-huh. and go on about my business and disappear out of that sight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and his friend said that he said, um, one day he said, why do you just come over here during your break from work and watch her and then you go? And then he's because that's going to be my wife. Wow. And I said, and then so one day the guy, and this is the, guy, this is the day they were having a conversation. The guy said, how is she going to so be So dad knew that? Dad mm-hmm. knew that mm-hmm. you were going to be his he wife. He had watched me. And what he said was that, he said, and then the friend said, Sonny, his friend said, how is she, she going to be your wife? Right. You had never spoke to her. You had never said anything to her. <laughs> so then that day, uh-huh. I had I had fixed dinner and I had to go across the street to get some. I had fixed some fish and uh-huh. fries and I had to go across the street to get ketchup. I have to have ketchup for my fish. And so me and you walked across the street and I was coming back. It was a corner store. It was on Main Road. Uh-huh. Walked to the corner store, the convenience store, got my ketchup because I had forgotten it when I was grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking back, your dad said, hey, 
I thought he said, at first I said, thought he said, hey, baby, baby. You mm-hmm. know, I can't see. And you said you don't like that. And I don't like that. Right. You can't call, you don't call me. No guy's supposed to call me baby even when I was young. Right. I don't know you, so I'm not your baby. So I went walking and I went out of his sight because I thought he said, hey, baby. And I looked and couldn't see him. And I'm like, I don't know him. And I went on and I went, I disappeared out of his sight. So he probably thought he lost his chance. But then I got to thinking, do not be rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if that was my... What if he that was a a, a person from my school? Oh, okay. That I went that you, you know, didn't recognize or whatever. You know, that mm-hmm. I went to somebody I went to school right. with, mm-hmm. and I didn't recognize him. And he said, "Hey, Betty." Oh, okay. So I was like, "Betty, you got to go back." So uh-huh. I took you and walked over there, and I talked so fast I didn't give him time to answer. So I said, "Did you call me?" Because I wanted to know, and I right. would walk away if I would if he would have said, "Hey, baby." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't know me, and so that was a turnoff to me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just walked up to him and I said. Did you? I said. Did you call me? Did you uh, call me? Did you say hey, baby, or did you say hey, Betty? Mm-hmm. And then before he answered, I said, "Do you know me?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "I like to get to know you, and we've been with each other ever since." <laughs> and that's the thing. Y'all been with each other ever each other. since. Ever since I invited, him, I invited him in for dinner, and we've been with each other. Ever so, since. Dad. I was already here, so I was two years old. I think that's what you told me. So dad knew what he was pretty much signing up for because he knew that he was going to be a stepfather. Mm -hmm. Wow. He said that I was a beautiful woman and he saw, you know, I had my own apartment. Mm -hmm. I was going to school uh, the way I was treating you and he didn't want any other, other person to spoil that. Wow, that's powerful. And that's what mother had told me. Mother told me, she said, when I was young, when I got up to go mm-hmm. to work, you know, when I started to get into the workforce, mm-hmm. she said, this one, these three things I want you to remember. Always treat people like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Never burn bridges because mm-hmm. you never know. Because you, you never know. Yep. And she said, uh, always be on your best behavior because you never know who's watching you. It could be your employer or your husband. And she was right. Wow. So I carry the one with me in terms of um, never burn bridges because you never know when you'll have to cross it again. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know she said that. And then what was the first one you said? Just always treat people the way you want to be treated. And I carry that one with me. Always treat people the way that you want to be treated. That, that, that live by that. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I never thought about. Mm-hmm. Watch what I'm doing because my husband or who? Or your employer or my or employer could, could be, be watching. watching. Always be on your best behavior. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Very much so. Wow. So, are you envisioning another forty-five years with Dad? Oh Lord, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. We haven't killed each other yet, and um, I retired, retired, retired in uh, March two thousand nineteen. And your dad retired in September 2019, and we're just meshing just fine. That's good, Mom. I'm, like, super proud of y'all because, you know, me and, and my siblings have been on this journey with y'all. <laughs> and so it's it's a beautiful thing to see, like, what love looks like after everything else. Like, after the kids have left the nest, after the kids have left home, how y'all interact with each other. Y'all are empty nesters now. And it's like, you know, it, even dad, like, I feel like dad has turned into a whole nother um, human being. It's like, he's um, just, yeah, he's so peaceful now. And mm-hmm. 
he ain't never told us he loves us as much as he does now. And I'm just like, wow, Lord, like time. Really I feel like people. time. And then I feel like it mended things too. Like, I feel like, you know, it gave everybody a, and I'm glad that we're able to live to talk about it, but I feel like it gave everybody a new perspective on life. But he did stop drinking when y'all left though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we probably drove dad to drink it. <laughs> we probably drove him to drink it. We were doing a little bit too much. We were some extra children. <laughs> we were definitely some extra children. Yeah, I can see that. I can so see that because we took dad through some change and he probably like, what? This He's girl so talking about because when I said I, I was who was I talking to? I said when I told Dad I was pregnant, I don't know who I was talking to, but I was like when I told Dad I was pregnant, I told him on that Monday, and Dad said you got to this Friday to get out because if you've grown enough to make a baby, you've grown enough to be on there your own. And so I'm just like wow. But even in that tough love, like I look back, and um, when all this stuff happened with the snow, I walked in that room and I told Dad, I said Dad, thank you for how you raised us. I said, because King Kong ain't got nothing on you. <laughs> he was strong. He, he was. was strong. And he was. Even with your brothers, mark them. He was like, uh-uh. Yeah. I wanted to still, you know, get things for them. When they start working, he's a baby. They buy their own stuff. Yeah. They buy their own hygiene. They buy everything. They're yeah. men now. Yeah. Let them get their own stuff. Yep. We, now, we'll feed them. If they're still here, we're going to feed them. But other than that, they got to be responsible for themselves. So do you think that I am doing the right thing by going and using this avenue to vet my future husband? Do you feel like this is this was a good idea? I just feel like it's something you felt that you have to do. Mm-hmm. But like I still go back to when you said you're going to do it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, babe, it's going to be hard for you to be. Uh, 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 one person. It's gonna be hard for you to settle down. You think so, Mom? Yeah, I really do. You it's think gonna that be hard. you have not even talk about men sowing their oats, baby? You ain't even done. You think so? You got things that you need to do. You have other. So you feel like a husband would slow me down? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. You have other things that you need. to And tackle. I do. I, I do. Think yeah, so. I don't think there's a God. That's, that's how come you know certain you relationships have haven't worked. Yeah, work with you because you you too too much for them. Yeah, and I've been told that you you really are because you're you're shining. You know, you're you're projecting way up here, and they're just barely moving up the hill. <laughs> you already made it almost over the hill and down going into the valley, and they're just barely trying to make that curve and go around up to the hill. I remember Dad told someone he was like, "Mm mm mm mm, Teresa needs somebody with a backbone." <laughs> somebody with a backbone i'm like dad really like that's what you tell yeah. somebody you tell somebody that that i need somebody with a backbone gotta be dad was serious he, he was so serious. serious like no you know he, know you. he, know he does much. know me you are a little much for yeah. the guys they get, like, you know they think they think they have a different conception of who you are and then yeah. they get to know you and they're like wow and then you're an investigator so you tell them what they're doing before they even know yeah <laughs> Tiger Woods, right? <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you think so pretty <laughs> so pretty much, Mom, you think like, okay, so even though because I've even had that conversation, like I've even talked to God about that. I was like, Lord, here it is. I'm doing the future, the Dear Future Hubby podcast. What if in all actuality it's just a podcast that I've created, but the future hubby part won't manifest? The future hubby just could be your your new adventure. You think? Your new horizon. So not necessarily a person. Mm-hmm. My future hubby could be a commitment. Yep. It could be something, another mm-hmm. leg of my journey in life yes, that's what where, I'm that I'm committed to. to. Yes. I like that, Mom. Yep. I like that. It's just another thing that you're going to be able to tackle. I like that. And see it. Because I feel like that may be more realistic. <laughs> you know, I do. I feel I'm like that may be more that realistic. You, I would love to meet him. I've said that, Mom. I've actually said that. I said I would love to know. I would have to have the same type of personality for sure. Yeah. And he would have to definitely know you. And you've given him a lot on this podcast. podcast. Yep. But you might scare some of them away. They're like, ooh. Because I'm so, I'm very raw, very real, very transparent. Mm -hmm. And for some some people, they can't handle transparency. Yep. And sometimes I have to, I'm like, ooh, I can't take this podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! Okay, Teresa, you going whoa, going too deep for me there. So you think but sometimes I can be really deep? You are, you are, but because you just tell it like it is, and who cannot respect that? Yeah, because that's the way it is. You're real, and that's what that's what we should be. So true here to I, ourselves, I think so. True to everybody else. That's how you raised us, Tell it like it is. You raised yeah. us to tell the truth and shame the devil. Like, that's what you did, you that's know? That's Tootie used to say, your cousin Tootie. Yeah. You raised us because I remember when I skipped school and then the principal called you and you were like, oh, she already told me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, she told you. Yeah. I raised them to tell it's me like the Bridget. truth. Bridget would do that too. Bridget, ninth grade, a mom, tomorrow is senior skip day, huh? I'm skipping school tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow. I said, Bridget, you're not a senior, Mom. I'm just letting you know. Okay, then. <laughs> That's how careful. you raised us. Y'all raised us to tell the truth. Don't bar, you know, and we'll deal with it as it comes. Yeah. But we were raised to tell the truth no matter what. And I do believe that that's one of the reasons why it's hard for me to be in a relationship is because I ex- I have that same level of expectation because mm-hmm. when I'm dealing with my siblings, we tell each other the truth, raw, uncut. When I'm dealing with my friends, we tell each other the truth, raw and uncut. So, of course, I'm going to want that in my relationship, you some know, people and some that. people don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. They want mm-hmm. the truth, but they don't want to give you the truth. They want it watered down. Yeah. Yeah. So you want you to water it down and you're not going to do that. No. No. No nope. one when I worked one place, this guy like she sure this teacher sure is anti Betty when I talk to her. She's anti Betty because I get in her face. I <laughs> talk behind her back like y'all do. So this is what what we do here, Mom, on the podcast. We are raw, so that stands for real and wise. So tonight we've talked about a lot of real situations. But before I end this episode, what words of wisdom? which you impart to the listeners when it comes to either waiting for their future spouse, pursuing their future spouse, or being content in their singleness while waiting. You be, I think you should be where you are, where you are. If you're single, then you be content in that Mm -hmm. until you ask God to lead you because God created us. He knows what's best for us. Mm -hmm. So wait on God to give you someone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then if you're married, 
try to work it out. Stay in that situation and try to try to find common ground. Why go back to why you you two fell in love the first time? Mm-hmm. I believe in continued dating throughout marriage. I think that's great. And my favorite movie is um, Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part is the end. What and happens? She said he said why did you, she ended up with her. She thought she had divorced her husband, mm-hmm. and they ended up back together again. She wasn't really divorced because she mm-hmm. went home to get him to sign divorce papers so she could marry someone else. Mm-hmm. And while she's down, going down the aisle, mm-hmm. right in the aisle to marry the other person, mm-hmm. the guy came in and said, trying to get to her, and said, "You're not, you know." She said, "What you doing here?" Her mm-hmm. attorney. He said, "He signed the divorce paper." He said, "But you didn't." So she had to go find him. And wow. His mother, everybody got a pen. Yeah, like, right at a wedding. Who brings a pen to a wedding? <laughs> right. So anyway, um, she couldn't find a pen. And then her her, um, her ex-mother, well, to be ex, mm-hmm. soon to be ex-mother-in-law had a pen. And she mm-hmm. said, things happen for a reason. So she couldn't sign wow. it because she told the guy that she didn't love him. And she went off to find, you know, her other husband. She uh-huh. in her wedding dress. And he's like, what are you doing here? Where's your husband? She said, I'm looking at him. And so that's the end of it. Just one, mm. if anybody had never seen it, Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so she said, and then he said, why do you want to be with me anyway? And she said, so I can kiss you. Because he had said that to mm-hmm. her anytime I want to. Oh, that's sweet. that's the way I sweet. feel about your dad. That's I sweet. I love being married to him because I can kiss him anytime, anytime you I want, want to. to. Well, I don't think I've met someone that I can kiss anytime that I want to. Um, I pray to God that that manifests. And if it doesn't, like I finally got to the point, Mom. I'm 47 years old. I've finally gotten to the point in my life that if God says not so, then I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really very content. <laughs> I'm content in my singleness. And it took a long time to get here. But I see life outside of marriage. And so when you say that my future hubby may not necessarily be a person and it could truly be like a new venture, a new project, a new something, mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I think you could probably go into acting. That's one day I'm thinking, I'm thinking about doing that. But it, and it's, I think it's funny, too, that you have made the comment. You said, I would love to meet him. And so what I say to God a lot of times is, God, I would love to meet who you believe would be best suited for me mm-hmm. because I haven't met him yet. And if I have, I don't know that I've met him yet. But no, when it's that time, mm-hmm. you will know. And you both will know mm-hmm. if, 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 when it's that time. So. Well, we'll see what God says. Well, mom, so that's your wisdom. Those are your words of wisdom is fight if you're in the marriage. And if you are single, be single yeah, be, and be content be, in being be single where you are. Thank you, mom. Well, I'm going to read my letter to my future hubby and then I will conclude the podcast. It is dated March. the. Thank you for being on here, mom. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, March you the 8th. Like. You're welcome. March the 8th, 2021. And it says, dear future hubby, if I were to knock on your neighbor's door and ask your neighbor what they thought about you, what do you think they would say? Do you think they would sing your praises of how you are such a good neighbor, how friendly you are, how kind you are, and how peaceful you are to live next to? Or would they say that there is a different girl coming out of your place every other day? 
What they tell me that you are loud and obnoxious. What they say that you are rude and inconsiderate. What they tell me that they can't wait for you to move. What would your neighbors tell me about you? I wonder. Well, my neighbors tell me that my children and I are a breath of fresh air and they are always trying to find ways to be a blessing to our family. It took me months to say hello, but I'm glad I did. But my neighbors aren't just kind to me. They are kind to my family members, too. Whenever they see my mom, they speak, offer to help her, etc. I love being around good hearted people. I love being around people who are family oriented, most likely because I am a family oriented girl. I love being around people who are peaceful and drama free. It feels good to be genuinely happy to see my neighbors faces. One day I walked outside to see a beautiful plant. When I knocked on the door and asked my neighbor if it was from them, he told me he didn't know. I asked him to please go get his wife. Ironically, her name is also Teresa. She told me she had brought me the beautiful plant because she wanted me to smile every time I came home from work. This was right around the time that George Floyd was murdered. Isn't that the sweetest for her to think about me during such a trying time? I hope you are a great neighbor and I hope you have great neighbors. I love you. Love, Teresa. So this is going to conclude my podcast on tonight. I'm so glad my mom was able to join. And y'all do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. And Miss Betty. Good night. Bye.